and welcome to Love at First Screening's special series, Rom-Com Road Trip, where we take you on a winding journey to find the best love and laughter as we create a rom-com plot of our own. So grab your favorite snacks. <sighs> Chelsea, I don't know what a, I want my snack to be today. I think, mm, you know what my snack is going to be today? Purse candy. You know that candy that's been ominously floating around in your purse since you stole it from the office that you worked at like eight months ago and you just find a half-melted crackle bar? That's my road trip snack. Gross. <laughs> I'm going to go with sea salt sweet potato chips. <laughs> well, either way, you better hurry up because we've got a few friends to pick up along the way. I call shotgun. You drive. That's a bad idea today. <laughs> Either way, buckle, buckle up. up. <laughs> I tried so hard to get that in sync. Chelsea, it's not a good idea today because I I made myself a cocktail to go with dinner. And it's one that I make, you know, semi-frequently. It's just ginger beer and a whole lime because I'm a slut for lime. And like two shots of gin. And it's really got me uh, kind of zooted today. Uh, so I'm not sure if it's safe for me to drive. But I guess uh, since it's only metaphorical, I will. But this is your PSA to not drink and drive. Wow. Yeah. Drunk at a podcast recording. I know. It's so unprofessional. <laughs> And I don't know how I got here because I like to think that I actually have a, a relatively solid tolerance, but either maybe I just haven't been drinking much lately or I didn't drink enough water today. This is your reminder to hydrate or die straight, I guess. I, yeah, I don't know. But here we are on this metaphorical road trip that we call life. Sure. Yeah. Did you have a good day? Uh, I've had better days, but uh, I'm covered in at least 20 mosquito bites. Oh. I'm so itchy. I bet you are. I'm one of those sad adults that has uh, what is known in the medical community as Skeeter Syndrome, which is where your mosquito bites, for anyone who doesn't know... Uh, swell to ridiculous proportions uh and they get super hot um like feverishly hot and then they become welts over several days whether you itch them or not uh you're supposed to grow out of that as you know you age but nope nope in fact i distinctly remember one of the my worst ones uh was one of my first years in college and i got a bite on the back of my hand that became Ooh. the size of my hand. Yeah. And it was so puffy and everyone was like, what is wrong? And I'm like, it's a mosquito bite. No one would believe me, but I'm like, no, I just react so poorly to being bitten by mosquitoes. Yeah. I am. Um, I think the worst one that I pointedly remember having was it was like right on top of my knee, like right on top of my kneecap. And it swelled to about the size of, like, half a baseball. It looked like half a baseball was just shoved under my skin. And it was difficult to bend my knee because it had swollen so large. So um, I'm 
really glad that we both live in states where mosquitoes just run rampant. They're really, everyone wants to talk about, you know, their concerns with crime waves and inflation and stuff like that. And like inflation is definitely something to be concerned about, but why is no one concerned about the mosquitoes? I don't know, but I think that they should be. They really should be because, I mean, they're basically like the national birds of honestly the whole eastern seaboard. I was about to say the southeast, but I feel like summer in the north, they still get them too. So when I run for political office, my main agenda will be obliterating mosquitoes. I will rally behind you. Yeah, I this podcast never condones genocide um, except mosquitoes. Get get rid of all of the mosquitoes. I would actually really love if someone who knows more about biodiversity and stuff like that could tell me whether or not eliminating all the mosquitoes would like wreck all of the ecosystems in the world. Because if it wouldn't, I feel like that's an easy solution. You just take them all out. Just a giant bug zapper in the sky. Dude, that'd be sort of lit. Also, um, I wouldn't mind if it also got the five spotted hawk, or I think it's five spotted. Either way, the spotted hawk moths, they can also go to the great bug zapper in the sky. Just because I still, I found another horn. I've only found three total three hornworms but uh that's three too many on my tomato plants and they are disgusting and i hate them this is your villain origin story honestly it really is between the mosquitoes and the hornworms i'm just wilded i haven't even touched on stink bugs okay but i have a vendetta against them too because they're also in my tomato all of this goes back to my tomatoes chelsea i don't know what to tell you don't fuck with madison's tomato plants no, no. And here's the thing. I, I can be friends with bugs. Okay. I, I love praying mantises, praying ma- whatever the plural is of a praying mantis. I love them. Okay. They're great. They do wonders for my garden. Ants actually, surprisingly great for my loofahs. They help with pollination. I'd really love to know what duty a hornworm serves other than to annoy me. But Chelsea, you know who doesn't have to worry about hornworms? Who, Madison? Literally any of the characters in our story today. <laughs> oh, you mean this isn't a rom-com about fighting hornworms and mosquitoes? <laughs> um, You know what? Uh, week after next holds a lot of potential for that. Uh, but this week, unfortunately, not. Because I couldn't figure out how to work it into my plot, which was drunken wedding shenanigans. Yeah. Who better to tell us a story about drunken wedding shenanigans than someone who is also drunk? Exactly. exactly. And loves shenanigans. There are a few things I like more than a good shenanigan. Sorry, I'm trying to think of things that I love more than a good shenanigan. Uh, Probably naps. But that's about it. Wow. Yeah. So to start us all off, I need the name of our main character. 
Her name starts with a D. Delilah. Love it. I also need the name of our other main character. Her name starts with C. I don't know why I'm having such a hard time. My name starts with a C, but I I don't like when I'm (laughs) inside stories, so no thank you. Well, I was thinking you could go sort of a insert television show name here that centers around pie and bringing people back to life Mm. um and you could go with charlotte aka chuck okay sure i'm gonna we'll go with that lovely pace what a guy his his instagram handle i don't know if it's still i mean i assume it's the same but it's like leap frog oh my god i don't know it's just really cute (laughs) I love him so much. Okay, we need a good villain type guy. He's not, he's not like, okay, yes, he is, but all right. His name starts with a B. Bradley. Oh my God, that is exactly what I hoped you'd pick. Okay, never really met a Brad that I liked. Sorry to all the Brads. I think I knew a Bradley in high school. I think he was fine. Okay. I, I think if I'm re- if it's the guy I'm thinking about, he was just in the band, like marching band. Gotcha. Okay. Um, I need a brother character. His name starts with a G. Greg. Perfect. One G or two. <laughs> I'm just gonna do one if it's all the same. I mean, gr- do you mean? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Oh my god. It's spelled Craig, but it's pronounced Greg. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, lastly, I need well, two more things. I need a name that starts with an N. It's an eccentric roommate who appears exactly one time. Mm. Neville. Perfect. And lastly, I need a small Midwest town. A small Midwest town? Yeah, that our character is from. She now lives in LA. Schubertville. <laughs> Where the fuck is that? I don't know. I don't know what I... I was just trying trying to come up with, like, the first part, and I'm like, I'll add on, like, a suffix that makes it a town, and Schubert was the first thing that came to my mind. We're gonna find the actual Schubertville, and we'll, we'll let you know where the fuck that is. I'm gonna Google it right now and see if there is a Schubertville. <laughs> oh my god. There's a Schubert, Nevada, but not a Schubertville. Well, you know what? We can put Schubertville wherever the fuck we want. Yeah. You want it to be in Kansas? We'll put it in Kansas. Surprise, Kansas. You have a new city. To set the scene, Delilah is a professional bridesmaid. For brides who need to flesh out their bridal party or need a bridesmaid they can trust, she's there to hold back hair, help the brides pee, and generally keep things on track. She does all of this while keeping up the appearance of a college friend, co-worker, close neighbor, etc. 
It's not what she anticipated when she moved to LA six years ago to pursue acting, but it's surprisingly lucrative and has way more of a demand than you would think. However, spending her weekends doing the electric slide and getting others to join her on the dance floor isn't all it's cracked up to be. Her real relationships have dwindled down to her eccentric roommate, Neville, her favorite barista, Sarah, named after my favorite barista. Shout out Sarah, who doesn't know that I have a podcast. It's fine. And her brother, Greg. It doesn't help that Greg thinks they should move back to Schubertville because of their father's worsening health. Greg has pointed out more than once that in six years, Delilah hasn't booked more than a bidet commercial and three small black box theater performances. Delilah tells Greg she'll consider moving back after completing her next job, the most complicated yet, or like her current job, I should say. She's the maid of honor, which she's never been before for a very wealthy woman, Charlotte, AKA Chuck. Chuck is a defense attorney who works 90 hours a week but her fiance's family doesn't like the idea of her bridal party only being her younger party partying sister and a distant cousin because they said she needs to have at least three. That way Bradley, her fiance's best friend and two brothers can also be in his groom's party. Her fiance's parents were not cool that it was uneven. Unlike her previous work, where she's participated in the bachelorette party, rehearsal dinner, and wedding day at most, this job requires her to be there every step of the way, picking the dresses, bridal showers, etc. She's five months into this gig already. She has three more to go, and she's making $60,000 doing all of this. Thus... Obviously, her brother agrees that she'll see this gig through before wrapping things up to potentially go home to Schubert. Be- Ch- nope. Fuck, you picked the hardest word to say when I'm I am so not sorry. sober. <laughs> Schubertville, Kansas. And everything has actually been going really smoothly because Chuck and Delilah get on thick as fucking thieves. They get along incredibly well, have become really close. Like they text all the time apart from the gig. Um, And they could probably stay friends afterward if either of them actually had time to have friends. And through this all, Delilah thinks it's really weird that she hasn't ever actually met Chuck's fiance, Bradley, but assumes it's just because he's probably as busy as Chuck is doing some made up job in finance or tech or whatever you want it to be. Uh, Something that makes him a shit ton of money. She's continuing this job and it gets to the combined bachelorette bachelor party that takes place in las vegas but of course of course and she finally gets to meet bradley surprising to literally no one bradley is a complete jackass he's crude he's loud he believes he is the smartest and funniest person in the room when really he is the dumbest blandest motherfucker alive who should never open his mouth and would probably be more useful as an organ donor you know the type yeah so it's not just that bradley's an asshole it's that chuck completely transforms around him as well 
the headstrong, assertive, accomplished woman that Delilah has come to know becomes quiet and takes on like this weird caretaker role as if she's more Brad's mom than his soon-to-be wife. It's like, oh, hey, babe, can you go get me a drink? Oh, hey, babe, so-and-so needs a drink. Can you go get them one? Oh, hey, like, it's not both their parties. It's, hey, Chuck, can you wait on me hand and foot while I'm losing at the blackjack table? And he's making jokes at her expense to talking about how, you know, since she's a defense attorney, she has no ethics, letting murderers go free and stuff like that. It's just, he's a piece of shit. The highlight of this trip being joint is that it's only joint for a couple predetermined meals and a few of the entertainment shows going along the strip. Um, so the two parties are actually largely separate. Since Chuck isn't actually super close to her sister and her cousin and her sister and cousin are more close um the group almost immediately separates into pairs with the cousin and her sister together and chuck and delilah together after an initial dinner and then a lunch the next day delilah is completely confused as to why chuck is marrying bradley it makes literally no sense at all but she has decided that she's not going to say anything about it again this is a job she's she really really likes chuck but she's not gonna get too invested because that's like the number one rule you have to remember that you are a paid employee being there as much fun as you are having you still have to keep your wits about you you're playing a role you know she's pretending that she's a college friend of chuck's that they met you know like freshman year of college or something like that so she has to remember all of these talking points and make it believable also that no one knew her either her whole thing is like oh i um did my last my senior year abroad and i lived in london a few years and now i'm back in la you know she has to sell this bit as much as she is also enjoying herself in chuck's company however you're in vegas and Delilah's kind of drinking like a million Long Island iced teas. Yeah, and that's a million too many. So she finally caves and no one's around. Um, She caves and she asks Chuck, why are you with Bradley? She phrases it better. She's like, how'd you guys meet? How did he propose Basically, why the fuck are you marrying such a twat? Chuck explains that they met when she was a senior in college, which is why it's important that uh, Delilah studied abroad her senior year. Uh, And he helped support her through law school because his dad gave him a great job straight out of school at his company. And that's where Bradley has been working since. It's really great money. So... Delilah feels or Chuck feels really indebted to Bradley because they lived together. She didn't have to cover any of the bills during law school. Like it was it was just really helpful during a really stressful time. So since Chuck feels indebted to him, she's able to kind of overlook that he's a really terrible person. And they have been dating for 10 years 
and living together for about nine of those years when he finally proposed to her, which he did when they went on like their weekly Friday visit to a local sports bar where he just kind of said, I think we've been dating a while. We should probably get married, right? Oh, Lord. Madison, uh, while we're at a stopping point, mm-hmm. it's time for your wild card. Oh, God. Uh, today, for me, I need this plot to include a very large mascot costume. <laughs> okay. Do you want it to um, be the Schubertville mascot? It, that is up to you, Madison. What is the Schubertville mascot, Chelsea? <laughs> You're very well acquainted with the city, uh, more than I am. So are they the fighting dwarves? Um, or uh... I mean, I feel like, I don't know why I feel like it's a, a corn cob. <laughs> I feel like middle America, that seems Kansas, they have corn there. Oh my god, yes. They could be like the Schubertville Huskers and their mascot could be a giant corn cob. The proposal was incredibly lackluster, but Chuck agreed and said, well, it's not like much would change. I mean, we've been living together for so long. Like, we have our established rhythm. It's not like any, you know, might as well just make it official. And Delilah is shocked because Chuck is an incredible woman. It makes absolutely no sense. I mean, she has spent the last five months going to different bridal appointments. They've become friends. They text all the time. Like, one, the fact that it took this long to meet Bradley it is a concern in and of itself. And then you meet him and he's terrible. All of this, it makes no sense. You know, you should marry someone that you see a future with rather than a past. But Delilah's not going to say any of this because again, she has to remind herself that she's, she's an employee in this situation. She doesn't really say anything else. It's just sort of like a, Oh, Okay, kind of moment. But carrying on in the tradition of sharing, Chuck asks her, you know, how did you get into being a professional bridesmaid? And so Chuck explains that she got her theater degree from Kansas State University. I think that's a university, right? Like, that's a place? Definitely. Yeah, KSU, sure. For sure, Great. Okay, perfect. And she got her theater degree there and she wanted to be an actress. She, it was sort of like she was a big fish in a small pond back at home. And then suddenly she, I don't know, she just kind of disappeared into the fabric of LA, which happens all the time. It wasn't something that she was really ready for. And she thought that being a professional bridesmaid, one, Definitely made her fucking rent, which is important and huge. But it was also kind of a weird way to sharpen up her acting skills because every job she played a different role. I mean, one time she was a marine biologist. 
uh, co-worker for this person who had an aquarium wedding, which are the coolest weddings. Uh, she She's played a lawyer. She's played a kooky next door neighbor. She's been to so many weddings and she has worn so many ugly bridesmaids dresses, but she's always had fun. That was the big thing was that she always enjoyed what she was doing And it's only been recently that she's kind of felt burnt out on it because her brother keeps pointing out that it's not what she set out to do. It's not that she, I mean, she doesn't like the fact that it really limits her social life, but she has so many fun stories to tell from it. Chuck is like, I think that, you know, in terms of best laid plans going awry, to slip in some vague notion to Robert Burns, she landed in a really good position. You know, this is a weird, wacky job that no one expects to be a job. And since she seems to like it, fuck Greg and his opinions on it. Honestly, they go throughout their evening. They're having a blast. And the next day comes around. Everyone is hung over at brunch. And Bradley is being Bradley. And Delilah can't quite stop her mouth from opening when Bradley snaps his fingers at the waitress. (laughs) And so she has this beautiful moment where she kind of pops off on him and is like, that is a human being, not a fucking dog. Treat her with respect. I don't like how I've seen you treat the women in your life, much less the women who you think are just serving you. Uh, So get your shit together, you absolute wanker. Because she spent that time abroad. Yes. In London. So she would use terms like wanker. Exactly. Well, here's the thing. Here's one thing about Delilah. She's method as hell. She has watched only BBC television since she picked up this gig to make sure she has the lingo down. She started calling her apartment, uh, uh, what is it? What is, what is it called? A flat. A flat. Yes, exactly. It's different from a, around. She expects Chuck to kind of go off on her. She's worried about how this is going to affect her job. And Chuck pretends like it didn't happen, which just honestly kind of stresses her out more because she's like, like at the very least if this didn't threaten my job here maybe this kind of fucked our opportunity to be friends I don't know so once again everyone goes their separate ways for the evening for like for the rest of the day after brunch into the evening they are once again doing what you do in Las Vegas which is I assume drink I'm not quite sure what else you would do than gamble drink go see shows Whatever. As Chuck gets more and more intoxicated, she starts talking about how horrible Bradley is. She just starts pointing out all the stuff that she doesn't like about him. And they're both very drunk at this point. Both Chuck and Delilah are pretty three sheets to the wind. And Chuck's like, we have this beautiful hardwood in our apartment. It is gorgeous, true, authentic hardwood. And he leaves wet towels on the floor all the time. And 
He'll throw his clothes next to the hamper. He never cleans anything. But he got mad when she hired a cleaning service because she was too busy at work to do it herself. And it's not like they're lacking for money. He's just mad that she's not the one cleaning. Every time she makes anything home-cooked, he says that it's just not what he wanted. And he either orders takeout or eats, like, cereal for dinner instead of what she cooked. He makes small comments. Yeah, right? Like, that's the fucking rudest. He makes small comments about how, uh, you know, she, he really wishes that she would go to the gym. He bought her personal trainer lessons for her birthday rather than taking her on the, like, overnight, like, weekend trip that she wanted to go on. Just all these horrible things. All kind of stacking up. He criticizes all of her, he basically criticized all of her friends enough to the point that if he's around, they don't want to be around. And he's kind of always around. She doesn't quite understand what he does at work because she feels like he never is actually working. And so all of this stuff, all of this stuff that she's just been shoving down for like a decade is coming up in this Mai Tai-fueled rage. And Delilah has no idea what to do. Because obviously all of this shit is horrible. And her first instinct is to be like, why are you with him? Dump him. But is it really her place to say anything? Hmm. And then Chuck shifts her focus to Delilah. And is like, I mean, look at you. You're perfect. You're considerate. You have... She goes, I know that it's your job too, but you always make me feel special. You always make me feel heard. You're one of the kindest people I've ever met. You're so interesting. And then she just kind of stops talking and she looks at Delilah and she goes, can I kiss you? And Delilah's like, I mean, I'm not gonna say no. And so Chuck just straight up grabs Delilah's face and they make the fuck out it's the hottest kiss that delilah has ever had and then they break apart and chuck goes i'll see you tomorrow they go back to their separate rooms and the next day it's like business as usual oh. <laughs> so <laughs> to break in to this story now who would you whose perspective um would you like to ponder about, would you like to think more about Chuck's perspective? Delilah's, would you like to give me maybe a little bit of insight into both if you were either of these yeah. characters? Yeah. So, okay. From Chuck's perspective, I'm thinking that so much of what she has experienced is kind of feeling like she has to accept what's being given to her and hasn't really had time to think about what she actually wants which makes a lot of sense she's a lawyer she's in a demanding profession uh which takes a lot of time to get to that point but then also once you're in that career no matter what type of law you're practicing pretty demanding uh so i i feel like she's been so busy and so goal oriented and life has just sort of been happening around her and so 
to a certain extent, it sort of makes sense that she would be in this relationship without the added um, reasoning of why she's specifically with Bradley. It Mm -hmm. makes sense that she's kind of in a relationship that's maybe not fulfilling her, maybe not suiting her. But I think that it's, it's kind of like talking to a person completely outside of her world and seeing for the first time that like this is not a behavior like the like Bradley's behaviors in particular are not something she has to put up with mm-hmm. gave her the permission to really allow herself to admit all of the things mm-hmm. that she feels upset about and so and also in that moment all of that is now uh concentrated on this person that like for lack of a better term, liberated you from this repression or whatever. And I also think that, you know, for a lot of people who are queer and they, I don't know, I feel like there's this really overwhelming narrative that you have always known or known from a young age. And I think that that is true for some people, but I think for other people, they don't realize it until, until later. And I think for Chuck in particular, if this is um, some latent queer <laughs> discovery, <laughs> you know, it makes a lot of sense that, you know, she's almost going through the motions of life and not, you know, I'm, I'm not saying she doesn't have any agency, nor am I saying that she hasn't made decisions, but I do think to a certain extent you can get caught up in the big picture and not really think about the details and so Mm -hmm. if life is something that you believe should be spent with a partner then like Bradley checks that box even if he is not who she would want to be painted into the photo right like it so and and even outside of Bradley even if she was with somebody that was wonderful um you know I'm not exactly sure what her sexuality is but you know if she exclusively is interested in women then maybe that's not something she knew or I think even if she's you know bisexual or pansexual I think then maybe Bradley checks the box and she is attracted to men so like you know whatever like Bradley's the problem but she never maybe she never even thought to ask herself if she was interested in women um which I think is a real thing that happens um and compet is like just so insidious and I think causes a lot of people to just not realize that they are queer so yeah I think I think that all makes sense and I think if I'm Chuck I am probably panicked because in a lot of ways my life is very picturesque right like I have access to wealth I have access to a very high power type career Uh, I'm very accomplished the people around me I assume are also pretty accomplished and so to upend my life that I've built for like that's a decade of her life this is a you know what I mean this whole thing is a decade in the making and so it is a lot to ask someone to question those things and I think you know people that are in those situations the longer you're in it the harder it is to remove yourself from that situation so yeah I think that if I'm her I might want to ignore this 
for for a while. I might want to go back to business as usual uh, because it's going to be quite possibly a really big mess if I try and, you know, if I go digging, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then as for Delilah, I think there's a lot on the line. $60,000 is more than most people make in a year. Yeah, um, because we sadly live in a country that doesn't compensate people for anything, um, unless you're already wealthy. She's uh, <laughs> crying over here. Yeah, um, sixty thousand dollars is more than anybody, like any of my friends, any of us make. Nobody makes sixty thousand dollars anyway. So the fact that she's only working a small amount of time and she's gonna get paid sixty grand uh, is huge. Um, now, she does live in L.A., so I assume $60,000 is not going to go as far as it would in Schubertville, Kansas, for example. Right. But the market for fake bridesmaids is much lower. Yeah. So I'm thinking there's a lot on the line for me financially because I, I don't know what the terms of the agreement are. So I don't know. Does she not get paid if the wedding doesn't happen? Does she not get paid if... I'm assuming she wouldn't get paid if she fucks up because the whole point is that nobody's supposed to know. But, right. you know, I if she if she's not the reason that the wedding doesn't go through, I don't know. But then, then again, but maybe she would be because uh, <laughs> she let the bride kiss her. Um, <laughs> also, I'm sorry. That was someone asking if they can kiss you. So hot. Anyway, um... <laughs> When people say that consent is sexy, we want to know that, yes, it is always, always necessary, like, but it is also sexy in that way. The confidence, the confidence of someone to just be like, can I kiss you? Ugh. Yeah. Well, and I'm picturing it, too, as, like, she's going through, like, this whole like rapid pace monologue right like she's like Bradley is shit because he does all of this stuff and I want this in life and I was do I thought this was great and you're wonderful and these are the ways you're wonderful and can I just kiss you now and it's just like oh well but there's also a lot of power in that because to a certain extent it almost seems as if she's sort of a passenger in her life and Mm -hmm. in that moment being able to know that she wants something and also ask for it is really something because it also brings forth the idea of like if delilah said no she was also going to have to be okay with that rejection and i think that's honestly the most powerful thing about asking for what you want is knowing the possibility and accepting the possibility of rejection yeah. Like, I think that's why it's so much easier to go ahead and not ask and reject yourself because it takes so much strength to be able to accept that. But anyway, so we have them last day in Vegas, business as usual. And Delilah's not really sure what to make of it. Like, she's come across more than a few brides who get cold feet i mean she has held the massive ball gown skirts of a woman 15 minutes before she's supposed to walk down the aisle with this woman peeing huffing on a vape going i can't do this i can't do this i can't do this i can't i i I can do this right 
like she's she's used to cold feet but she's not really <laughs> she's not really used to uh kissing the bride so that was new because it was also amazing like she's kind of realized that this friendship that she's been developing with chuck kind of does have these underlying feelings of like i guess the best way to put it is like adoration that can go beyond friendship and so now she's feeling kind of confused because she's like wow that was really great and chuck's really great but obviously she's getting married that's why i'm here and so the wedding is a week away chuck is doing wedding things delilah's helping her do wedding things and they do not speak about it again it is the the rehearsal dinner goes off fine not notable at all um other than delilah finally gets to meet brad's parents and uh, shockingly enough they're also terrible (laughs) Who could have predicted? I know. His dad's just the same way. His mom has that, like, enabler kind of vibe to her. She's very passive. So, day of the wedding, though, Chuck and Delilah are in the get-ready suite by themselves. The other two have stepped outside um, because they're all dressed. And Chuck looks at Delilah and she goes... I want you to know that it meant a lot to me and that you mean a lot to me. And Delilah is thinking like being her bridesmaid has been a lot to her. And she's like, you know, it's literally my job, but I've I've really enjoyed being your bridesmaid. She goes, no, that's not what I mean. That kiss in Vegas, it meant a lot to me. And I never said anything else to you about it. And I haven't been able to stop thinking about it. But I also know that I told Brad I would marry him. And I feel like I have to. I mean, that's 10 years of my life. And Delilah kind of nods and she's like, and it's like 50 more. Because she's heartbroken. Like, she realized. Madison. Madison. (laughs) That just hit me in the gut. (laughs) that just hit me in the gut i'm so glad i'm gonna be thinking about that for (laughs) such a long time i am so glad and this is why we do not allow ourselves to fall for the sunk cost fallacy in relationships relationships jobs um even friendships i mean just anything any kind of situation that you are in It does not matter how long you have been in it because you have to think about how much longer you want to be in it. That's the last thing that Delilah says to Chuck because she realizes in this moment that they have, they've only kissed once, but she has so many feelings for Chuck. They've spent the last eight months together working on this wedding, but becoming friends becoming close i mean they they have inside jokes it's become more than a job delilah knows that this is the last job that she's ever gonna take because she can't do this anymore greg is right she's not an actress she wanted to be but she's not and she can't keep doing this 
And even though she did, she called Greg. Greg had gone back home. Greg said that their dad's health was actually improving. And so I'm assuming that she's like a corn heiress. Like her dad owns big corn or whatever. I don't know. And they have like a corn farm, I guess. Um, And so I'm going to write in here that actually Greg has learned that his dad's like right hand on the farm, this fabulous person named whatever you want them to be named uh, is actually really good at taking care of the farm. So Greg has less to be worried about and his dad's health is improving. Um, But she knows like, fine, she's just going to pack shit up and move back to Schubertville after this gig because she's heartbroken and she can't, she can't do it anymore. She leaves with that absolute gut punch to Chuck, walks out the door, they line up, they do the wedding processional, and she is standing next to Chuck, watching her get, like, stand by Brad at the altar, and when it comes to Chuck's turn, she goes first when it comes to her turn to say her vows. She can't, she can't say them. She tries to say it and then she stops and she just goes it's been 10 years and it'll be another 50 50 and she just keeps repeating the word 50 and brad's like what are you doing (laughs) and he's trying to play it off it's like you know chuck she's crazy hate that anyway chuck turns to delilah and she goes i don't know what I will be doing for the next 50 years. I don't know what will happen in the next 50 seconds after I say this, but I can't do this. Can I spend however much time you want with you? And then Delilah is like, holy fuck, I am hallucinating. Um, Because Chuck just stopped her wedding to ask me if I want to be with her. And that's crazy. And I don't remember um, dropping any acid, but maybe I did. No, no, this is actually happening. Uh, Everyone's like takes a collective gasp. It's insane. And Brad's like, what the fuck are you doing? You're ruining it. And she turns to him and she's like, I am ruining nothing because we have nothing. You know absolutely nothing about me. I thankfully don't know anything about you. You have no idea what my interests are, where I want to go. You don't, you probably don't even remember my middle name. He doesn't. everyone's standing up going like oh my god what's happening this is a crazy ruckus and he goes do you understand what you're doing you're costing me everything and she's like what the fuck do you mean he goes i can't take over the company if i'm not married (gasps) it turns out that his dad told him that he didn't think he was ready to take over as a board member of the company because his dad is set to retire this year, said that he was not going to option him to take his place in the company 
if he didn't shape up because he's kind of a dipshit. And the first part of doing that was getting married to his girlfriend of 10 years. It's wild. I know. Huge plot twist. Chuck, very gracefully, and what I imagine is this gorgeous, very simple satin dress, buttons down the back, gorgeous silhouette, turns to everyone and says, hello. Unfortunately, this wedding will not be moving forward. However, I paid for the reception and I would like to party. If anyone would like to join me, please do. Everything will commence in about an hour. Talk amongst yourselves until then. So then she turns to Delilah and is like, hey, do you want to go to my party? They have an absolute party. They share a beautiful kiss. They go and they dance the night away as was originally planned, except for the whole wedding part that didn't quite happen. And then I don't know what happens after that. That's all I came up with. They live happily ever after. Did we include the mascot? <gasps> no, we didn't. Hold on. Okay, wait. Scratch that. <laughs> so we fast forward like two years and we arrive in Schubertville, Kansas, where you see a very happy Chuck and a very happy Delilah sitting at the table with Delilah's dad, who's in fine health. Greg can be there too. I don't care. Maybe Greg's like a math teacher there now. I don't know. And they're flipping through old yearbooks, which uh, does feature Delilah as the mascot of the high school. Um, So she is dressed as a giant corn. It's just these beautiful, silly moments that you see shared. Um, Delilah quits her job. Yeah, Delilah quits her job and she is, I don't know, what is Delilah doing now? Does she finally get an acting gig? Is she teaching theater maybe? Ooh, maybe she's like a theater manager for like a really nice local theater. Yeah, okay, perfect. That way she doesn't have to deal with kids that much. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So Delilah is now a local theater manager. Chuck has also quit um, the firm that she was at. She's no longer doing the same type of law. She transitions into another field that allows her to work less so she can spend more time with everyone. They have a dog. It's just really cute. And Delilah never leaves wet towels on the hardwood floor. And she last, would never. Yeah, no. And last we saw, Brad was unhappily married to his secretary. And was very quickly ousted from the board anyway, because it was quickly found that he has no real skills. Hmm. Yeah. I very briefly thought... You were going to say he was married to his second cousin. <laughs> <laughs> it's suddenly a period piece. <laughs> yeah, that's um, that's the story. Uh, if we want, we can also show it. If we want to include the mascot more prominently, we can show Chuck in the costume um, that Delilah dug out of her closet. 
If she if she owned her corn costume. It wasn't oh, yeah. on loan from the school? No, no. She That was the honor, is that being the mascot, you had to be the mascot all four years. And at the end of those four years, you were gifted the corn costume. It's a high honor. That is, unless you were a legacy corn husker, and then you could just borrow your sibling's corn costume. I know that there weren't a lot of shenanigans necessarily at the wedding, perhaps. I don't know. Um, I want, and okay, I'm going to tell you a secret. I, it is my dream to attend a wedding where everything goes to shit and someone (laughs) leaves. And, like, I know that that's terrible, especially because the majority of the weddings that I will probably ever go to are people that I love and care about very deeply. And I would be quite devastated if that happened, because every time I do go to a wedding and it's that situation, I'm like, okay, like, don't let it be this wedding. But I because I just I I don't like I don't know. I I because it's just. The drama, the drama of it to like for someone to leave and I, okay. And to be clear, it, it, they have to be at the altar when they make the decision or like when they actually do the leaving, it can't be the, they never show up. That's not as entertaining. I I may be a terrible for person for wanting this to, but I don't know. (laughs) So that's why it is, it is my goal in life to get invited to a wedding where I, I have no uh, stakes. And I know that that's terrible because clearly like people are getting hurt, but I don't know. I just want to like go along as a plus one to a wedding. Yeah. Of like someone that's like, (laughs) should you fake a wedding? (laughs) Yeah. Like, should I get someone who agrees to like put on this faux wedding with me? And then at the altar, we like grab each other's hands and we're like, I love you, but I just can't do this because I don't want to invite the government into this arrangement. <laughs> and then we just like skip down the aisle unwed. <laughs> is that is that enough drama, or uh, or do you want it to like shatter the relationship? <laughs> no, I like I need it. I I don't know. I also like like I want the reason to be like really dramatic, like. Either, like, a bunch of pent-up feelings of, like, resentment towards their partner that clearly they never communicated and it just comes out. Or, like, I don't know, somebody had an affair with someone's mother or sister or brother or maybe or all, all three. Of them. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, look, I want, I want cocktail party uh, discussion material for a lifetime. I want in all awkward moments to just be like, be able to be like, I went to a wedding one time. Let me tell you. Because <laughs> here's the thing. These things have happened, but I wasn't there. <laughs> I, <laughs> I want to be there. I want something really dramatic like that to, you know, just I don't know. Unfold. I recognize that that makes me a terrible person, but <laughs> I, I would live for it. That's my dream. My dream. Can I be your plus ones plus one at that event? 
But that's the thing. But that's the other thing. I I won't know going into it. Like, I want to be completely shocked. I want it to be like when you watch a movie and you're yeah. like not. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie The Handmaiden. It's a Korean. No. It's It's three hours, but it's. Madison, don't look up anything about this movie. Okay. Watch it. But, like, that's what I need. Like, I need to be confused and shocked and dismayed. Like, that is what I... I want that while I'm just sitting in a little chair looking at two people whose lives are... And they just also... Because the other thing about the wedding is, like, think about all the time that went into planning it, the Mm -hmm. money that they spent. I know I'm making myself sound worse by saying I need... (laughs) But, like, I don't, oh, the drama, it's too good. It's too good. And if I'm going to go to hell because of my my dream is to go to a wedding where everything blows up, well, then I'm going to go to hell. I don't care. See, I want to, if I ever get married, which who knows, um, I want to have a reception to the same raucous degree that my parents did because like at my parents wedding reception there was a couple doing it in the bushes someone almost got arrested there was a woman who was had to walk through the hotel naked because she got locked out of the room like it's a whole thing I want that for myself I want so I need like really crazy friends though because I feel like all of my friends are like really considerate conscientious like I don't know they're just like really solid people and I need some 'er ne'er-do-wells so like if you're a 'er ne'er-do-well just befriend me like I need some messy people you know well maybe if I knew messy people I would have already been to one of these weddings that's true I feel like so so Chelsea has this one wonderful friend who I want to befriend who has a theory that you know when a friend comes into the friend group they need to bring something whether that's a boat or something like that like you know you get the pre-screen of like do they have a boat I feel like our new pre-screen is like how messy is your life are you one of those people who just like brings the chaos not through your own doing really but it just follows you around like a shadow Perfect. Come on in. Do you have a wedding that'll go wrong? I want to feel like I'm being punked, but I want it to be 100% real. Yeah. Like, I want to be like, this is too dramatic to be true, but then it is. It's that dramatic. Yes. No. That's like, I found out basically that one of my friend's marriages um, that I had actually officiated. (laughs) It's fine. Um, Like, the night that I found out that their marriage was falling apart because he had cheated on her I like was there um to like hang out and drink and party and have fun and then I find this out and then I'm too drunk to leave like I had driven myself there knowing that I would be staying there and then I find out this horrible news and I have to like I forgot my sleep shirt, so I had to, like, borrow a shirt from him. I still have that shirt because it was really soft, and I decided as penance for hurting my friend, I should steal his shirt. Well, and also, I I need this to be, like, the wedding because Mm -hmm. I need it to be in a public forum so that I don't feel guilty talking about it later. Like, Mm -hmm. if I was in that situation, I would not 
want I would be very hesitant to share that information with people and I'm not mm-hmm. saying that I haven't been given you know in my lifetime my fair share of juicy stuff but they're not things that I'm going to share with people because I'm a decent yeah. person I need something dramatic to happen in such a big and public way that like I have no moral obligation <laughs> to be We need an acquaintance. It. That's what it is. We need an acquaintance that we'll, like, never see again. They just needed to, like, bump up their numbers or something. Yeah. Perfect. I don't know how I get invited to that wedding. Okay. Here. Okay. If you are getting married and you think that it might go poorly, please send an invite to loveitforscreening.gmail.com and Madison and I will come to your wedding. We clean up really well. Like the last we wedding do. we went to, we looked good. So, yeah, we did. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. No, hit us up uh, if you think your wedding is gonna fail. Uh, you can DM us on Instagram at Love at First Screening, or you can email us at Love at First Screening at Gmail And then I also need someone to record it so that we can put uh, the Panic at the Disco. I write sense <laughs> tragedies over it (laughs) it's so messy i love it i know maybe that's why i want to go to that wedding maybe i watched that music video too many times (laughs) probably probably so chelsea with this messy wedding in particular uh do we have a cast for who should play each of these messy messy roles i'm so glad that you asked i do Good, because I did not plan a cast at all. So for Delilah, I have two options for you. Okay. Uh, Janine Mason or Emily Rios. Ooh, okay. Janine Mason is giving the vibes. That's hard to... hmm. That's difficult to choose between. I'm going to go with Janine Mason because she's giving better bridesmaid vibes great okay which i don't know is i mean like i mean it as a compliment i don't know if anyone would think that's a compliment to be like you would make a great bridesmaid but that's that's my opinion okay okay and then for chuck Mm -hmm. you ready i don't know jamila jamil that is so good i was rendered speechless oh my god yes thank you yeah Okay. Yeah. Done. All right. Bradley, Sean Ferris. Oh, he looks perfectly douchey. I know. I know. I cast a great douche. You really do. Like, if you need someone who looks like they could be an absolute dickhead, just ask Chelsea. She's got a whole roster. Greg with either mm-hmm. two or three G's. <laughs> He's 3G, baby. Uh Justin Baldoni. Ooh, that's good. I feel like he would be really good as like the kind of chiding older brother figure. Yeah. And then our eccentric roommate Neville. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Should be Matthew Gray Goobler. <laughs> I don't know why And he's only either. in one scene. I don't know why either. I just pictured him as like, that's actually perfect because I pictured him as the type of person who would like 
roll into the apartment on his bike, like riding, he would like ride his bike down the hallway and into the apartment. And then he'd pick it up and like flip it upside down to hang it on this like mounted bike rack thing that they have right inside the apartment. And he'd be on AirPods talking about his kombucha business, but he'd just keep calling it booch. Yes. (laughs) I'm obsessed. And and he plays bass in a ska band. Of course he does. Of course he does. (laughs) I almost wish that we had more of him, but I think that's the joy of it, is that you get one scene and you understand everything about him. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. Um, The only person that we mentioned by name, but I don't know if she's in a scene, is, is Sarah... The barista. Mm. I'm glad that you asked um, to kind of fit the likeness of the Sarah that I personally love as my barista. Uh, I need to cast her as uh, Nicola Coughlin. Oh my gosh. Blonde. I love her. Nicola. Yeah. I love her so because much. Because she's perfect. Now, will she be, will she speak with her usual accent or are we going to have her do an American accent? I think we have to have her do an American accent, but I'll watch anything that she's in. I watched an Uber Eats commercial earlier about her and was like, stellar acting. This is the (laughs) best thing I've ever seen. So, well, I, I think that's our cast. All right. Well, um, would you do a cast roll call? really quick for our listeners and please keep in mind listeners we will post pictures of these people on our instagram all right so our leading lady bridesmaid for hire delilah is janine mason chuck our not wanting to get married lawyer lady jamila jamil so good bradley our completely incompetent groom Sean Ferris. Our Greg, our chiding older brother, Justin Baldoni. Our eccentric roommate, Neville, Matthew Gray Goobler. And of course, everyone's favorite barista, Sarah, Nicola Coughlin. All right. Well, I guess my next question is Chelsea, did I make a rom com? Did we make a rom com? Mm, great. Great que- Great cue. Let's, mm-hmm. uh, let's figure it out. Did they date? I think that by virtue of how much time they've been spending together and how close they've been getting, and especially when in the scene, right, you know, leading up to their first kiss, I think there's a lot going on. And so Mm -hmm. I... I don't know. It's like, I want to say yes for those reasons, but I also recognize that like not a lot of explicit dating happened. And I don't mean that as in like mature rated explicit. I mean like yeah, yeah. specific date like activity. But I suppose in the spirit of forming a relationship, I think it gets a pass. Mm hmm. I wondered, too, if it would be before you find out that Chuck is one of her clients, if it would be 
an interesting sort of thing to weave in just at the, the very beginning when we're kind of establishing her as a character to just show a couple shots on her phone. Like maybe she's, she, you just see like a few texts pop up from Chuck and that could read potentially as like slightly flirty. And it says like Chuck at the top. So everyone would assume it's a guy. And then when she's on the phone with Greg, she's like, Oh, Hey, I got to go. Chuck's calling me. And it hangs up and picks up Chuck's call. And then maybe that's when we can figure out that Chuck is one of her clients. Just to kind of best introduce Chuck into the story a bit more seamlessly. So I feel like that would kind of increase the amount of like seeing explicitly seeing the connection between the two growing. Or like establishing a, a predetermined depth that increases. Do you want to say like 0.75? Yeah. Did we laugh? Um, I laughed about the number of G's in Greg a lot. <laughs> um, so if we can really work that in. <laughs> oh, we could we could have um, we could have Matthew Gray Googler's character just briefly ask like, oh, I wanted to ask how many how many G's are in Greg? One or two? <laughs> just have her be super confused. Yeah, I think we'll get some comedy in, like, flashbacks to previous jobs where you see her, like, holding up a bunch of, like, taffeta and stuff to help sure. brides pee and stuff like it's, that. Oh, it's kind of like that one movie mm-hmm. in which there is a montage at the beginning of lots of bridesmaid-type help mm-hmm. that certain blonde actresses uh are performing yeah yeah it it could remind you of a film with a number of bridesmaids dresses yeah Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) yeah no i think that we could kind of kind of play with that sort of idea and it's even funnier because this isn't someone that's you know friends with these people it's someone that they've hired and so honestly, I of, think it makes it better. Yeah, I agree. I think I think it gets a, a decent pass for comedy. But Chelsea, how much of this plot is driven by romantic love? Is it in the driver's seat of this film? So here's the thing. When we when we make these stories, we're, we're not actually analyzing a real film. Mm-hmm. Obviously. And yeah. so there's lots of small moments that would be in a film that we're probably not getting to. And I think that there's a lot of potential for, as you said earlier, when we were talking about whether or not they date. I think there's a lot of potential for moments where we see that they something's going on. Mm-hmm. The viewer would be very much in the know that these two people enjoy each other's company. Perhaps Mm -hmm. in a way that would suggest they're going to hook up. And we know that because uh, our character starts the story engaged and is going to get married, that she's probably not going to end up with that guy. Especially because it's Bradley. Um, So, I think depending on how you move through the story, I think the viewpoint of getting chuck to let go of this relationship and which is a viewpoint you have 
it's not necessarily the romance between her and Delilah that is propelling the story forward, but rather the spirit of a fulfilling romance that she could mm-hmm. have if she drops Bradley's dead weight. Yeah. And also then by extension, you rooting on Delilah, who is probably the first person to just be like, this guy sucks. Yeah. Yeah, she's like the first person who's not only honest with Chuck, but really listens to her and comes to understand what she wants as a person rather than what she thinks she should want as a, you know, a goal setter sort of type. Uh, And I, I really do think that it's Chuck's motivation to find romantic love that ultimately creates, you know, that big climactic moment. And it's, Delilah's desire to help her through that like you said I think that this has the potential to be motivated by love Delilah's is a bit more pointed because it's her love for Chuck specifically not saying that Chuck doesn't also share Delilah's feelings but Chuck I feel like in a lot of rom-coms you see sort of one person vying for the romantic love of one person and that person who's being vied for has to claim some sort of journey of usually self-love to be able to find to be able to reciprocate the other person's interests affections feelings etc so i feel like that that this follows that very formulaically. So yeah, I would say yes. This is ultimately motivated by seeking romantic love. Great. We have a rom-com. Mm-hmm. But Madison, we have a rom-com sans Stanley Tucci again. And Damn it. <laughs> Do you think Stanley Tucci should officiate the failed wedding? Yes, I do think that. Amazing. I think Stanley Tucci should absolutely be our wedding officiant. Do you think that we should cast him in two roles since we forgot him again? Like, he should just, like, you don't expect him to be somewhere else. And you're like, hey, doesn't the wedding officiant look like the blackjack dealer? It turns out they're both Stanley Tucci, but in one of them, he's wearing a mustache. (laughs) (laughs) It's our movie. We can do what we want. Is that what you would like? Would that delight you? That would that would bring me quite amount an amount of joy. Okay. You know what would make me more joyful is if his new cookware line would sponsor our podcast. <laughs> I know we do a lot for Stanley Tucci here on the pod. <laughs> we do so much. I mean, people didn't even know he had a cookware line until this moment. I didn't know that he had a cookware line. See, see, it's it's a whole thing, Tooch sponsor us that's all yeah i think i think we're doing pretty pretty well with this would you want to see it though Mm, well on a scale from one to five one being 
I already have plans to stay home and watch an unnamed but really funny sitcom that I've already seen many, many times. Mm-hmm. Two being that I'll just pirate it. Three being I will watch it, but I'm going to wait for it to be on DVD or streaming. Four being I will catch it when I can in the mm-hmm. theater. And five being I am there opening day, the first one in the theater, possibly in costume. Uh, on that scale here's the thing i think if i were to see a trailer for this i think it would probably fall in the three category Mm -hmm. i am not going to be paying theater money to see it knowing what i know now about this really messy wedding that quite possibly could be the closest i ever get to attending one of these weddings (laughs) myself uh, I think that's, it brings it closer to a four, mm-hmm. you know, like if my, if my mom and my sister were like, we really want to go see this movie. Will you go with us? Mm-hmm. I'd probably be like, sure. So I would give this movie a really odd category of like a 3.75 where I'm going to stream it, but I'm going to kind of make like a little event around it. Like I'm going to invite people to come over. A watch party. Uh, Yeah, it's going to be a watch party. I would ask people to potentially consider either thrifting wedding dresses or coming like they are going to a wedding, like dressing as if you were attending a wedding for this film, I would have a beautiful spread of food and we would all have plastic champagne glasses where we would have mimosas. The mimosa is just going to be champagne with like an eyedropper amount of juice. And we're all going to sit around and watch this And when Bradley comes on the screen, we're going to throw popcorn. So yeah, I'm going to have like a fun watch party with this, but I'm probably not going to go to the theaters. I'm going to go on like a $5 Tuesday, you know? Ooh, hot girl shit. Okay. Got to find me a $5 Tuesday movie deal. You should look at your local. It might not be Tuesday. It might. I think it depends on the theater, but a lot of theaters do like a discounted day and sometimes... If it's like the premiere week of that movie, you can't see that movie for $5, but. Nice. So I'm just going to, instead of continuing to record this podcast with you, I'm just going to look up <laughs> discount movie ticket days. Madison, we have to come up with a title for your movie here. Oof. I mean, you could do something very straightforward, like Bridesmaid for Hire. I don't know. I honestly. What if, what if. Uh, Except, I don't know that this would be as obvious, but I was thinking about calling it something like Yes And, because she's an actress. Mm. She's been hired to do a job, but also... Mm -hmm. What if you called it Bridal Party, because of the party? Hmm. Ooh, here's something that no one's ever done before. What if we call it Bridesmaids? (laughs) 
What if what if it was something like we do instead of I do? Ooh. Because okay. she's helping her with the wedding as her maid of honor. Yeah. But also they become an item. I want the cover to be like that very like early mid aughts look where it's just like a white cover and you could have the bride here like in the center and then so you could have Chuck in the center and then Delilah's kind of like peeking out beside her and Brad can just be there I guess he's there that would be really I like that I like we do okay great do we do we have a a poll or a question that we want to ask? Do you just want the listeners think... to affirm whether or not they would want to see a, a failed wedding? Like be in no, I was to gonna say wedding? they have to. the uh, The poll will be different. Uh, obviously, multiple choice, but like, how bad of a person am I for wanting to go to a wedding where everything <laughs> falls to shit? And then yes. like the the options will be like you there's a special place for you in hell or like i'm right there with you or it's fine or i'm bringing the popcorn (laughs) yeah yeah like you know like we'll just have like fun fun answers and so yeah the listeners can tell me how terrible of a person i am for holding this desire (laughs) perfect all right um listeners either agree or roast chelsea yeah perfect Amazing. All right. Great. Well, they can, of course, find that poll on our Instagram. Uh, our handle's at love at first screening. If you would like to invite us to your wedding where you think things are going to go very poorly and we would be very entertained, or if you'd like to suggest actors for us to cast in these rom-coms or send in a movie for whenever we go back to watching those you can do that by sending us an email uh to love at first screening at gmail.com it has been it's been a ride madison thank you for mm-hmm. i'm glad you didn't get a dui on this i know because <laughs> it was all metaphorical again don't drink and drive we don't condone that let me think what do i want you to cover next time. I want you to tell me a story next time. You can show up drunk next time. <laughs> um, mine was accidental. You can make it on purpose. Mm-hmm. This is what I want. Because I feel like you're also not going to like this. But I'm oh, really great. curious to see. I know, I know, I know. This is mean. But I want to know what you would do with it. Because I'm really interested. I want you to do something that like last like it was such a sticking point in like the 90s and early aughts with the bet oh you can't get her to date you or like i will pay you this much to take her to prom so i can take out her younger sister sort of thing okay but then they actually fall in love historically this trope has been pretty fucking misogynistic in a lot of ways usually it's like oh bitchy shrew woman i will trick you into loving me i want to see what you do with it all right well i will ponder that and okay see you next week (laughs) perfect see you next time on love at first screening (laughs) well 
Madison, uh, I think it's time to thank our listeners, our lapsters, mm-hmm. for joining us this week for another rom-com road trip, a series that we will be doing for the foreseeable future. So come along with us as we come up with some interesting stories and make each other laugh. Punch each other in the guts if we're good at it. Oh, so good. That's my favorite thing. And until next time, there's two G's in gray. <laughs> at a minimum. <laughs> two G's. 3G, baby! <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>